things early career recruitment, the strategies to help you succeed. We'll help you work with Generation Z with all the information that you'll need. It's the Jack and Ollie Show. Uh, hello and welcome to the Jack and Ollie Show, the Early Careers Podcast with myself, Ollie. And me, Jack. And today we are here with Teresa Frith from the Association of Colleges. So Teresa is the Senior Skills Policy Manager. Uh, she spent many years working in college uh, career services and now at the body that represents 90% of all colleges in the UK. Hello, Teresa. How are you? Hi. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> very, very well, thanks. Very well. Thank you for joining thanks us. Thanks for coming along. Yeah. Pleasure. Perhaps you could perhaps we could start by you maybe um, giving a bit of background, explain to us you know, how you've got to where you are today. Okay, well, yes, I've, I've worked in colleges for quite some significant time. And prior to that, I had another career um, working in industry in the leisure sector, um, which took mm -hmm. me into colleges, so teaching people about the leisure sector. Okay. And then from that, I started working in colleges, working predominantly with employers and trying to get our students more closely engaged with the local employers, employers' employment market. Mm -hmm. um, and then I got so frustrated with how poor it was managed from central government that I um, uh, challenged the Association of Colleges to um, get better at supporting colleges in engaging more effectively with government in this right. particular area of work. And uh, they did, and I got the job. Oh, so uh, that's, no, how that's, I, that's how I come to be where I am yeah. Yeah. today. So, so created yeah. your own job. Well, I think a lot of people have to do that these days, don't they? Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, it's yeah, like that's a mix between good. entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so today um, we're going to be talking about colleges and how and why they may potentially be um, overlooked by employers. So um, we did some research um, at All About Group, and it's part of our longitudinal research that we do every year into the early career space, and we had this feeling that. Um, there was quite a big difference between um, uh, college and school leavers in terms of the demographic and the attitudes mm. in those different um, places. And when we looked into it, and when we did the podcast at the at the ISC conference, yeah, we, last we, year, yeah, last year, where we highlighted the as one of the four organisations that people should look at. We looked at the AOC, and so um, yes, yeah, so I think there's just a lot of evidence there that shows that um, colleges should be an avenue that I think employers, especially in certain sectors, should should be doing and almost uh, all, all employers should be considering and so today we're going to explore that and maybe mm. find out how they how they could do it so maybe we could maybe start with some some facts yes yeah, facts and figures good old facts okay what well, do we know about colleges okay well, well, yeah, go i'm gonna i'm gonna us. ask you guys a pop quiz question first though yeah, yeah. i like okay. this okay. Okay. Yeah. so um of the 2.2 million students that are currently sitting breathing away in a college yeah. uh, at the moment what do you think the average age is of those of those two point two million? Twenty four? No. Uh, well, I think it would be a lot younger. Yeah. So I would go. I, in my head, I had between seventeen and nineteen. So I'm going to go seventeen. So the, ah, well, twenty nine. So twenty four really? wins. Twenty four wins. Um, so the average age is 29. There's 2.2 million people. There's 244 colleges supporting those 2.2 million students. Um, and they're doing a massive range of different things yeah. for different ages. You've got 17,014 to 16-year-olds in colleges, who most of whom have been excluded from education in schools. 
Right. Uh, so the colleges are picking 000. up 17,000 of those across right. England. Well, there's a lot of numbers there. Let's just recap yeah. some of those. Yeah. So there's 2.2 million students in colleges. Yes. Average age of 29. Yes. Cool. And then you said there's 17,000. 14 to 16, right? 14 to 16 year olds okay yeah. so those are the ones who you know who've had a bit of a dodgy ride in school yeah uh, and are finding a more vocational pathway and perhaps a little bit more structure in their mm -hmm. in their college course and a bit more relevance um we've got um three quarters of a million thereabouts of 16 to 18 year olds okay That's, so more than 14 to 16 yeah, yeah. and How there's that okay so here we've got in colleges 34 percent of all 16 to 18 year olds yeah that's pretty that's are in colleges against 29% in all types of schools. So that's independent schools and state, uh, state Wait, schools so and academies. There's, there's more 16 to 18 year olds in colleges than there are in, in schools? Yes. Wow. Yes. yes. And really? there's only 244 colleges. So uh, and what, 6,000 schools. Yeah. And there's uh, of those, there's uh, 168 GFEs, or General Further Education Colleges. So they're the mm -hmm. ones delivering a, a really diverse uh, curriculum right the way from uh, master's degrees to retake maths and English, that sort of thing. Yeah. And then you've got 51 sixth form colleges who are right. more focused on A-levels and more academic style routes, but probably do a mix of uh, a vocational. Uh, so they're probably, are they more, do they more closely resemble a, a, what traditionally a school people think of when they think of school? Yeah, a giant school, though. Think, think <laughs> absolutely ginormous school that can offer fantastic range of variations of A-level uh, comments because I, I don't know about yeah. you when I was at school um, I was sort of trapped in a boarding school obviously it was lovely um, but um, I couldn't do the precise mix of A-levels that I wanted to because right. the school couldn't fit that into the curriculum because there were only you know however many of us there were I don't really yeah. know um, whereas a, a college because they've got massive volume mm, yeah. of 16 to 18 year olds doing it following A-levels um, they can offer a really diverse curriculum so you can do some really quite weird um uh, A-level a choices that perhaps wouldn't be available to you in right, in a okay. smaller cohort. Uh, and we really quite worry about that at AOC in terms of how you're servicing young people in very small sixth forms, where because of the size of the sixth form, the choices are really, really restricted for those learners. And it's not necessarily doing those learners a favour, keeping them in the familiar environment, because actually they'd probably yeah. be better serviced if they could have a little bit more uh, choice yeah. Uh, in their uh, A-levels. Okay. So one of the mm. things that you hear lots of employers talk about when they talk about um, their early careers recruitment or sort of apprenticeships or other sorts of school leaver programmes is mm. that a big driver for many is social mobility sure. um, and diversity there. They're mm -hmm. pretty big motivators. Have we got any data that um, would give us any insights into what that might look like in colleges? For sure. So there's there's over a million over 25 year olds in colleges as well so and a lot of that is retraining um looking at uh, progression uh, training to help them progress in careers and so on so there's quite a lot of work going on there uh, and if we then look at the uh, the split of women for example uh, uh, as a group uh, in mm -hmm. colleges um 16 to 18 year olds 46 percent of college students are female. Mm -hmm. And when we go over to 19 plus, 54% of students are female. Okay, right. um, balance, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sadly, it's still a little bit reflective of the career choices that are, that are, yeah, are quite traditional, mm -hmm. um, which again, colleges are working hard to break down those, uh, those, those barriers, particularly women in STEM uh, is a good example. Um, we've also got, um, if you look at 16 to 18 year olds who, who have free school meals, which is quite a good, 
that indicator of disadvantage. Yep. Um, 16% of college learners at 16 to 18 are having free school meals yep. versus 8% in schools. Right. So there's twice as many effectively. Okay. So it's quite a quite that's quite a big difference. If we look yeah. at um, learning disabilities, um, 23% of, of 16 to 18 year olds have got some form of learning disability in, in colleges. It's 14% when you go to 19 plus. And if we look at um, ethnic uh, groups, 26% of college students at 16 to 18 are, are in groups, and then 32%, so it rises at 19 plus, or 32%. Right, wow. So, and those are really high figures comparative to the national. Yeah, uh, it's about 14% national average, yeah. I think, of uh, people who've identified as being. Yeah, mm. you've really come with your stats, mm. I didn't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm all it up. It's almost, like, it's almost like a dream for me because I absolutely love the stats. Yes, yeah, mm. we've got very stats to start with. Like so, yeah, just, so can we just, just keep doing numbers all the way through? <laughs> yeah. I, I got uh, some more. I got more. I got more. Well, uh, so, let's just, uh, so, a recap on those then. So, you've got um, a You've got double the amount of students on free school meals mm-hmm. um, in colleges compared to schools. So therefore, if you're an employer, you're thinking you're going to get out to a much more diverse range of candidates, um, especially if you've yeah. got a free school meals uh, aim or an objective to, yeah, to increase. Usually, yeah, people are looking for different social mobility indicators, aren't they? And free school meals are one of those, a really strong indicator. Mm. Yeah, very nicely mm-hmm. put. <laughs> uh, your other one was, was BAME um, and the one in between, I've forgotten now. What was that? Women. Women, Women yes. So, so I, I interpreted your your female as quite quite well balanced. Hmm. Um, so I saw that as quite a positive thing. It wasn't a swing either way. So there's actually quite a good proportion of females at colleges, especially if you're looking for STEM students. Yes, I think yes. I read there's something like six hundred sixty-eight thousand STEM students at colleges. I haven't got that figure. Oh, no, oh, I'm well, going to have to add that to that. my list no, now. I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's definitely true. <laughs> that's de- it's a fact. We should just, just take that as a fact. I, I, I pretended that I wasn't sure, but I, I looked that up. I, uh, okay. that I think the, the other interesting stats for us, because um, we say the horrible, uh, you know, I, I find it quite cliche, but it's so true. The college is not the destination. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you know, it's, a, it's a part of, of, of a journey. So what we're really concerned about colleges is where are those students going once they've been you know dusted off by the college once they finish whatever it is they're they're engaging with us for and and interestingly some of the stats that i really am proud of um would be around our our progression to he and into apprenticeship but in he if we look at that 51 percent of students from disadvantaged backgrounds that get get to he going to universities come from colleges so that's more than half go from, from disadvantaged backgrounds, mm. come from colleges who help get those people into higher education. So it really sort of tees them up for the ability uh, exactly. to go to university more than you think they would if they hadn't gone yeah. to a college? Yes, I think so. I think it gives them more confidence you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, uh, 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 in their ability to progress. And also, um, looking at just the 16 to 18-year-olds across the piece, one third of all 16 to 18-year-olds that go on to university come from a college. So again, that's a you know, so it's not colleges are not just preparing people to hammer nails into pieces of wood or do whatever trade crafts that maybe some people traditionally think. They're also capable of taking people from where wherever they are yeah. and from a range of very difficult backgrounds to bring them through to allow them to act at the same level of access that other students have got going through their traditional school careers. Okay. So I think we've established fairly well now. <laughs> That, uh, colleges are a pretty fertile ground if yeah. you're an early careers team to yeah to i think what, what we want to kind of share i guess from the learnings there are 
if, if you hadn't known too much about colleges, I think that the shock factor is there's more students at colleges than there are at schools. Yeah. So if you're thinking your school strategy is going to be enough, actually you've got a bigger proportion of students <laughs> yeah. at a different area in, in colleges, and also they're going to be actually more diverse. You're fishing in half the hmm. pool if you're just focusing on yeah. schools. Hmm. Yeah, that's a nice way to put it. So yep. So what do, we, what do we do then, Jack? What well, happens? So I think the thing is, right, is if I was an employer now, I'd be thinking, okay, cool, great, got it. Uh, I immediately want to start working with uh, all the colleges in the areas where I recruit. The 240 of them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 244, was it? Oh, good memory. Good oh, memory nice. there. It's impressive. <laughs> well, I got close. Yeah. So yeah, the, the reminder <laughs> there is it's 240, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, then I guess I want to know, how do I do it? Where, who do I go to? What do you do, you know? Talk to the careers advisor. How do you start? Even yeah, I mean, it's and as with lots of large organisations, because colleges are by definition, if you're yeah, covering you're thousands, right, it might thousands be ten thousand, twenty thousand, thirty thousand, right, over a thousand staff in a lot of colleges. So there's staff. there's a lot of people yeah. that you could interface with, and the chances yeah. of you finding the right person can be fairly slim if you're not helped to, and supported through that process or haven't got some prior knowledge. Um, from my experience, most employers don't know where to go. So the natural yeah. thing to do is to imagine there's a um, that the structure in the college is going to support your endeavours of, of engaging. So if I was working in uh, um, engineering, for example, I might mm-hmm. think the import that, that when I phone up the college, I'm going to ask for the engineering department. Yeah. Um, now that might get me to the right person, but equally well. It might not, um, sure. because that engineering department might just be about full-time classroom-based curriculum delivery. Mm-hmm. And they're not interested and don't have a requirement within their role to engage with employers. Okay. Whereas most colleges will have a business-facing department, usually called business development unit or employer engagement okay. or, or something along those lines. So the most important thing for an employer to do when they phone up a college is say that they are an employer wanting to talk to the college about how they engage. So okay. rather than saying, could I speak to the engineering yeah. department or the health and social care department? So there's probably whatever. more similarities with how you work with the university, really. Absolutely. So you want to go to an employee engagement team yeah. that usually sits within the career service and then they'll point you in the direction of the faculties Absolutely. that are most relevant. And on that point, of course, another little known fact is that um, significant numbers of, edu- of, of, of further education colleges also deliver higher education right up to level mm. seven, master's level. And there are currently over 100,000 students studying higher education in colleges. Right. So, yeah. so that's a fair old number as well. Yeah. yeah. So they yeah. would come from, what, from different universities or they, certain universities that favour that? There are, some, there are some where the college is delivering... Um, a, a university conferred yeah. degree through some sort of franchise arrangement, but there are also instances where colleges have their own degree awarding powers. So um, there's a, there's a mix of both what we call direct HE delivery and franchised from a from a, a third party higher education, and a lot of that's to do with um, location because for the average person. There's a college within fifteen miles, one five miles, yeah. but for the average person. The nearest university is an average fifty-three miles away. Right. So there's Great a significant, I love your significant difference in in, in yeah. your travel to learn. Uh, so much easier if you're learning in the college, uh, but know that you're getting the degree that you would have got had you gone to the uh, to the university. Yeah. So so um, so I'm an employer. I mm. uh, identify the colleges in the local area. I call them up. I identify that I need to talk to the BD team or the yeah. employer engagement team. So I call them up and I just get through to that person. 
Um, then what sorts of things then does it, what, what goes next? What can the support, like, so traditionally in schools, I've gone in and done assemblies or workshops or mm-hmm. various other bits and pieces, maybe careers fairs. Are they all the same sorts of things that can happen in colleges? Like, where yeah. does it begin and end? Yeah, the, I mean, the, 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 what I really love about the flexibility of colleges is that they're flexible. Um, mm. They're not. They haven't. They're not bound by the curriculum as a, a school is. You know, a school's delivering GCSEs and A levels as its prime curriculum, mm-hmm. whereas the college is free to flex its curriculum to meet the needs of an employer. Um, so it isn't always about uh, a straightforward classroom-based delivery A level GCSE style model, but can be something that's actually very much bes- anything from something that's really completely bespoke to what an employer wants, mm. right the way through to a mix of. Um, classroom-based delivery mixed with what an employer wants and and there's sort of grades in between so what really needs to come first is a conversation about what it is that the employer wants recognizing that there's a a certain level of uh, expertise sitting on the employer side obviously knowing that they have a need and and what their business uh, needs Um, and what's sitting on the college side which is understanding how young people learn how people learn and putting that into a context that fits for that employer. And I had a, I've got a quite a good example of that where I went to, um, I got a phone call. It's the only time I ever actually was phoned by an employer direct while I was uh-huh. working in a college. And the guy said, yeah, hi, can you come to my business? I need you to get all my staff onto NVQ2 in meat and poultry processing. Okay. So I thought, well, that is a strange request. Anyway, so <laughs> I said, I'll, 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 I'll be down. So uh, yeah. I went down to the business and, and we had a chat. And I just I just have to ask you, why, why is it you and all your staff on this program? Because it doesn't seem to be the right program yeah, for all of them. It was, to be fair, a meat and poultry processing uh, um, a factory. Sure, sure. So, yeah, so, so it sort of makes sense. <laughs> Not a vegetarian. Yeah, it wasn't a vegetarian, no. really, yes, no. Um, and he said, yeah, it's simple. In order to get on, you know, this supermarket supply chain uh, list, I, oh, I, I need yeah. to get 100 points. He said, and if all my staff are doing training, I get 25 points. Right. Said so, and the rest is gravy. So uh, I said, okay, well, I'll tell you what, if that's the reason, why don't I go and just have a wander around your factory and see what I think, and then we can come and have a chat. So I did that, went down, did, did a few assessments and bits and pieces and went back to the guy and said, look, I can deliver that program, but I can guarantee you most of your staff will fail it. Um, oh, right. okay. um, and I'm going to have to charge you £750 per person for that qualification. Yeah. So, however, in your factory, there are 22 different languages spoken, mm. of which two don't have a written form. And all of your staff have signed a health and safety certificate in written in English to say that they understand the requirements of working in an avatar meatpacking plant mm-hmm. um, to ensure the you know, the safety of the, of the products that they said. So, so there's a, I would suggest to you that possibly some of your staff don't understand what it is that they've signed. So what I'm going to suggest to you is that instead of delivering meat and poultry processing, we deliver English as a second language, which I can gear around your industry yeah. so I can adapt the program. And because it's English as a second language at that time, it's fully funded. So it won't cost you any money. All of your staff will be in training. You'll get your 25 points to get onto that, that, that list. Yeah. Um, but your staff will actually get something which can make you feel s- more confident that they understand all your health and safety requirements and that they'll begin to communicate more effectively as a team because they'll be able to speak the common language. Yeah. That's good. In there, then, is if you're an employer, 
Yeah. If you work with a college, the college can help you identify the areas of training that you could do, whatever mm. that might be. So Precisely. you might be um, uh, um, an employer who's typically taken on uh, uh, graduates and you've got your levy and you want to spend your levy and you have got it in your mind, we're going to take on uh, uh, level four accountancy apprentices or whatever it might be. Mm. But it might actually be that there's other things. If someone does an assessment and spends some time with you, they could identify several areas of the business where you could work with them and that might add more value than rather than putting all your money into one particular area. Yeah. There's an expertise it. in colleges. You say. Yeah, I'm saying there's an expertise in colleges that tries to marry the business problem that you're trying to solve or problems that you're trying to solve um, and bring up training solutions to those problems. And sometimes the problem will be I want my levy back as much as I can. Yeah. Um, and sometimes the problem will be payroll's never right or right. Um, where there's so much wastage in the factory. You know, yeah. And when a college can go when a college can go in and look at that problem and potentially identify a training solution. The bakery is a great example of that where um they were they were losing loads of um uh of their ingredients and they didn't understand why they had so much wastage. And it turned out that a couple of the guys who were managing the the machines um couldn't do fractions. So when they were told to do fifty percent of the mixture uh, they did a hundred percent and then just threw half of it away so effectively instead of working out what they need to do to get to a, a point uh of less than one uh or less than 100 they didn't know how to actually do the maths to work right. out what, what what they needed to put into the mix to make it right right so, so which is you know they're not you know that's not rocket science but that not not is not necessarily going to occur to you as an employer of people yeah. who make baking goods Whereas a college is going to look at that and go, well, that's clearly a maths problem there that I can resolve very quickly. So I don't need to put everybody on MVQ mm. and have them doing 12 months worth of training. I can put them on a very short thing that will just solve that little problem. But that's, I'll probably identify that as I'm looking at a broader problem, which might be how do I help this company make the best out of its levy? Yeah. So it almost comes across as more uh, of a consultancy uh, mm. than anything else. Because I think you often go to essentially schools and say, I want to deliver this. Well, how do I deliver it? Rather than I think what you're trying to say, actually, if you come to a college, actually colleges know a lot more, a bit more malleable, much more flexible with the curriculum. So actually you can really marry up what an employee is looking for and people forget your own. Yeah. Colleges are training providers as well. Yeah. yeah. So, you, yeah. so you're actually talking yeah. to a training provider. So, you, so yeah. it's two things for you, right? When you go to see a college, it is a training provider and also a source of um, talent for your pipeline. Mm -hmm. yeah. So they're going to get both bits. It might be you just want to go there. You don't want them to deliver necessarily your apprenticeship program for you. You might already have a training provider who's doing that for you. Mm. But you could use the college then as part of your, you know, to, to build your talent pipeline. Completely. Um, and, and again, what we've also found um, is that if you, you start off a relationship in the factory, in the workplace, um, and the example of an airline uh, where we went in to support the airline in the development of their cabin crew staff. Yeah. So uh, we, we started working with them with their new uh, cabin crew staff, getting them a certificated uh, process so that they could get a, a proper accredited course at the end of it rather than just the stamp of the airline. Um, and uh, what happened for that was two, twofold. The first thing was that we started having a discussion about how expensive it was to recruit people to come onto their programme. I was going, well, hang on, we run a full-time 
um, cabin crew program at the college. Yeah. Why don't you come and meet our our, our students? Because they're you know, they're keen as mustard sixteen year olds. Um, you can watch them develop. You could input to that program. You know, brilliant if you give us access to some of your facilities. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, like your emergency uh, you know, cabin uh, scenario process, that sort mm -hmm. of thing. Um, that would be brilliant. The students would gain loads from having real live cabin crew coming and talking to them, and, and that would give them something. Um, so we can create a really good relationship here. And the other thing that happened at the other end was all the staff who'd done the training without the accreditation wanted the accreditation. They wanted the certificate that went right. with the training that they'd undertaken. So we ended up doing two extra bits of work, which is helping to um, accredit the people who'd already done the training to get them their certificates, and mm -hmm. then working out a program and developing the curriculum of the college-based classroom course to support the needs of that airline. And then what the airline started doing is during the holidays, they'd give the older and most effective learners opportunities to work uh, behind the scenes in, in the airport in their you know in their oh, employee okay. um, do some flying yeah. um, and then they would cherry pick out of that group so effectively they just they said it was costing I think it was um, at that time about 850 pounds per person to mm. get onto the uh, to, to, to recruit uh, it went from that to some time spent in college and no output because they didn't bother doing anything other than taking students straight from the yeah. program uh, and that program gained massively uh, uh, for the learners from the engagement with that airline bringing in that real life experience and so on yeah, like, yeah. the experience things almost yeah. it's becoming so it's more experiential than immersive completely symbiotic as well completely symbiotic because the, the employer gained loads from it the learners gained loads from it therefore mm. the college gained loads from it to me the thing from that is it's super cool because um Employers are always thinking about uh, what do I do when I go into a school or college? How can I make this a jazzy assembly? But of course, it would be significantly better for uh, the employer if they're part of the curriculum. So everyone who's studying X, Y, or Z that's totally relevant to uh, the program they might be running, basically be part of that program, right? It's way better than running an assembly. Yeah, it, it would be. I, I mean, you mentioned an airline there. Hmm. I think airlines might have like different hangars or spare planes you can practice on, so it can be quite in situ. Yeah. Would that work for other industries, do you think? Yeah, but but you could be, don't you think that if you say you, I mean, yeah, maybe Teresa's probably... <laughs> well, I, did, I did point the question out. I know, out, but I always <laughs> just try to answer it. Yeah, so. So I'll just leave it. No, no, because they like imagine, yeah, imagine you like accountants, <laughs> if you just like accountants going in or whatever, that would be just as good, right? If you're talking to an actual accountant, hmm. like this, completely, Teresa. completely, <laughs> and uh, um, so. yeah, that, there's, I mean, there are lots of examples where where that, I think that works. Um, another one, a pharmaceutical company, another good one. So that's out of the airlines now. Um, so the start work, of this relationship was just absolutely awful, and it highlights one of the problems <laughs> that uh, that co that colleges can have is that they really, really want to help their local communities, and that's the people, the individuals within those communities, but also the employers within that things. But when it comes to helping employers, quite quite a lot of the time, it's really quite hard to know what employers want. So there's a lot of guessing. Right, and use okay. of data to try and decide what it is the college should be working in to support its local community. Whereas um, having a few really good heart-to-heart -heart conversations with an employer can help you improve things dramatically. And the example I'll give you was um, up in the Wirral, uh, a pharmaceutical company were, were 
going to start singing the praises of a college. Or at least I had my fingers crossed that was what they were going to do. And they said, yeah, the, the start of the relationship was absolutely awful. We had two of our um, staff on, a, on an apprenticeship with this college and it was dire. The experience they were getting was completely rubbish. Mm. Um, so I phoned up and complained. And the college said, we'll be out. We'll come out this afternoon. Suddenly so they arrived literally that afternoon, listened to everything I had to say about what was wrong with the programme, worked hard with me to get the programme right. And now it is a brilliant programme, absolutely exactly what we need. And it was merely because the college didn't know what it was that we wanted because we hadn't had a conversation with them. Um, and I used to get that quite a lot when I used to go to employer forums, as I did when I had a real job in a college. Uh, and <laughs> and um, I'd be sitting trying to eat sausages at a breakfast club and people going, you colleges, you don't do panel beating or something like that. Yeah, and, I, yeah. and I go, well, how many people do you want me to train as panel beaters? If there's enough, I'll, I'll put a course on. Yeah. And, they'll, and people go, oh, oh well, you can do that. I say, just because I don't do it now doesn't mean I won't do it because... I'm here not to make profit. I'm here to service my community. You're part mm. of my community. If I can help you and I can do it effectively and I can support my learners and everything else, I'll do it. Yeah. Um, which is not necessarily what you're going to get from other types of providers, not to name any types of providers. Yeah. Others do exist. But you know, the college is there to actually service the community. So if you're not getting the service you want from your college, do pick up the phone, mm. ring the college, tell them what you want. But recognize that like any other business, I can't always service one need in one employer in isolation of everything else. Because like, if you uh, wanted to buy one bespoke piece of clothing, you can't expect a mass manufacturer to create one piece of clothing for you without yeah. you paying a ridiculously large price for it. So recognize yeah. that whilst we're not making profit, we are. We do have to break even, otherwise the whole thing falls over. So uh, it's just being realistic about what you what you expect from the college, and the college will want to talk to you because that that was the one thing I really wanted more than anything else was to be able to have as many conversations with employers about business problems yeah. that I could help them solve through training solutions. It reminds me, you know, the, mm. the podcast we did recently with um, Ellie, uh, about Ellie Eon. Long, yeah, and we, Eon, talking, yeah. And we were talking, yeah, we were talking about how she worked with her local community to yeah. um, uh, uh, attract talent for the business. They basically ran sure. kind of like an open day in the town centre. And that's the kind of sort of thing is, if you've got these sort of conversations open with the uh, colleges, it's just good. To, you might not, there might not be a super relevant programme at that time, or you might not have the need in your business for whatever things they're offering, but sort of almost, because it's not going to be that many colleges you need to interact with. It's almost good yeah. having that, conversation open with them right yeah yeah so almost the, because colleges can be quite large mm. you can actually invest quite a lot of time in one or two and i think you don't have to spread yourself too thin which i think often is quite mm. a challenge when you're chatting to, to schools because there's so many like, how do i get around so oh, many so schools nightmare to talk to aren't they it's not something you can just call mm. up the school no. and that's the that's the other beauty of colleges they will work with each other in order to service um broader business needs for larger businesses so um there's uh, quite a lot of examples in the automotive industry where colleges, because uh, automotive industry quite spread geographically in some areas, so the colleges will work together to create one support programme because they recognise also they're in a level of competition with other providers, some of whom are national operators, so the colleges need to, need a way. You mean like independent training which, providers? Yeah, yeah, a way in which that they can work at a national level, and that can be achieved by having using a network of colleges across the country. Um, so that, that works quite well. Some colleges do it all themselves and they set up you know, a version of their college in the 
in, in, in key areas yeah. uh, to service a, um, an employer. It just depends on the nature of the relationship, how it's developed and so on. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I, th I think the more you can bring colleges closer um, into into the mix of discussions around how your business is supported, the better, because they are there. They are there for that purpose. And again, it's not necessarily up to the employers to try and put themselves together in groups to create a cohort. The college will do that as well. So mm. um, there are examples, particularly in hospitality, where yeah, each bar restaurant wants one or two people doing X. Um, the college will be able to go, well, We've got three there, another five over there. We just need four more and we can create a group now doing yeah. that. Um, and they'll do that. And they'll also do quite a lot of the, the heavy lifting where um, with an apprenticeship, for example, where you're a smaller employer and perhaps you don't cover the entire um, pro curriculum of the of the apprenticeship, um, they can support you by putting in employers who do do things. So we, we have examples in the plumbing world where uh, an employer might only fit baths but don't get involved with gas. Yeah. Uh, and and the uh, and the apprentice needs both, so uh, the college will scout around to try and find that extra bit of um, uh, work experience that that uh, particular apprentice would need. That's over and above what you can provide as an employer. So there's you know there's a range of solutions to problems that colleges can can support um, employers in finding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think from if we go back to some I guess ISE data, I think you find say in the university world, on average. Um, Companies is it they go to about fourteen to sixteen universities on campus in the IC. That sounds, that sounds right. It's about mm. that, isn't it? It's around mm. that sort of mid mid teens, I think. Mm. Um, how many colleges do employers on average go to? Do they, we, we asked we asked how many schools and colleges. It wasn't specific to colleges. The average was thirty three. Thirty three. But that ranges from mm. some organisations who do three hundred and fifty plus. Visits. Wow. Wow. Yeah. How are you doing that then? That's full time job, that is. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's more than full time. <laughs> and then, of course, people who, people who just probably work with a very small number of schools, three or four schools mm. around the local area. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting, you just, isn't it? Can you split that yeah. out next year? It's school and colleges. Yeah. Yeah, yeah split it out. Split it out. You hate it when people talk the same thing. It's a massive cost, right? So it's different. Real, it's a, the average is £320 <laughs> per visit. Yeah. And so, so if you're one of the large, volume visitors you're spending over a hundred grand on those and you're basically mm. getting almost no return on it if you if most of the people who go to do an assembly mm. type thing right okay yeah, yeah the uh the ability for young people to recall those interactions is abysmal 40 mm. percent of people can remember having any employer come in at all That's even all. even yeah. though even though the schools and colleges will report that well, well it's not going to be in the exam is it yeah, so it's not going to be in the GCSE at the end, would yeah, it? Exactly. Or the A level. But the schools and colleges report that basically everyone will have seen an employer. Only 40% can remember any yeah. interaction. And then if you ask them to, can you name any of the employers that came in, which is the main purpose, right? For someone going yeah. to do a visit, if you're doing it for your talent pipeline. For sure. Uh, they're, you, out of like maybe 10,000 answers, you might have something like 175 people who can recall anyone. Just what one percent? It's about minimal. We'll yeah, yeah, basically. You, yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. Okay. Well, I'll say we do aided awareness. Yeah. We do aided awareness then. Yeah. yeah. So you then say, "Here's a list of employers. Which ones do you recall?" Yeah. They, they of course can remember a lot more. But I'm saying if if the purpose of it is, it's, whereas I think if you integrate yourself into the curriculum or some other part, you, mm. you're probably going to get quite a lot more value out, and you well, probably don't need to do, go to three hundred. You'll be able to see a much more direct linkage between cause and effect. 
Mm. Right, you, uh, you know, so, if you do that, and over time, even more so. Um, so I think there's there's an awful lot to be gained. It's also in most areas for most employers that are working in a location, there's only one college. Mm. You know, so it's oh, yeah, unless you go into Birmingham or London, obviously. But you know, in most cases, there's just the one college, maybe two, which means you could invest all of that time in making that relationship work with yeah. the college and probably get a significantly greater return on your investment of time than you would if you tried to visit every single school and spend you know, 20 minutes in. Yeah, in, really in invest your time. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah it, it makes a lot of difference, and and yeah, a lot of a lot of employers, especially smaller ones, even sponsor bays in colleges. For example, in their um, bays, construction bays, bays well, um, where um, the students like car parking are practicing. In my head, then. No, not not car parking <laughs> bays. Parking no, bay. I suppose I suppose they could do that. We'll try that. <laughs> um, but bays where, where students are practicing skills like plastering or painting and decorating oh, okay. or or fixing boilers or things like that. They, yeah. they, they have little set up little scenarios bays in. What about just like a normal in, classroom if you were trying to reach say like. Like uh, A level students, yeah, completely. Yeah, you could just like 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 they do that in university, right? Yeah. I heard that mm. some of the very big law firms spend over a hundred grand to sponsor a lecture theatre at Oxford wow. and Cambridge. Oh, <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Verify, just what I heard. Could go a bloody long way in a college, that couldn't it? Yes. Eh? I yeah. wonder. Yes, I wonder. I wonder how many of those uh, graduates then move on to that particular uh, employer. <laughs> Interesting to know. But yeah, I, um, I think there's a lot to be gained and very little to be lost mm, in trying to yeah. develop a relationship with the college. Uh, and if um, employers want help in doing that, that's part of the reason why the Association of Colleges exists. Where that's what we they are, could do. They could come to you and you'd yeah. be able to yeah, we say, could, this yeah. is who you could reach out to in this area. Because we, we have access to the data which tells us which college is doing what. So uh, um, an example of the railway sector needing more railway engineers. So they said, look, we appreciate there are not everybody does railway engineering mm. um but we really like the way these two colleges are doing it and we'd like more colleges to do it like that um can you put us in contact with other colleges who deliver engineering at level four or that thereabouts who might be interested in looking at diversifying into railway yeah. engineering uh so we did that they got 40 odd colleges in the room of which they were they're now working with a, a greater number so you know there's possible ways of of, of AOC or the Association of Colleges supporting um, the beginnings of those developments of relationships between colleges and uh, employers, which you know, you're happy to do. Yeah, yeah, I think we've successfully pushed the case for why potentially employers should go to <laughs> There wasn't colleges. much against it, was there? It was, it wasn't, uh, very, it was an open door. Very it was an open door, I feel. win for yeah. the colleges. <laughs> yeah. and, and we also got out, I'd say, Minimum thirty-five stats as well. Oh yeah, so it will be a test for the listeners at some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, this this would be good for a quiz, wouldn't it? <laughs> we should maybe we do an each series do a quiz. That'd be good. A little miniature, <laughs> little just seeing your two eyes minute, light up there with mental <laughs> podcast where you have to answer the question. It's like he's competitive or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Yeah, we could do that. Maybe that's our ISE conference entry. Yeah, we've been looking for that, haven't we? Yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah. Um, is there anything that we haven't asked you yet that we should have asked you? I don't think so. I, I think um, colleges are trying to do the best by the whole of their community. They want to pull together aspirations of young people, the aspirations of those who are retraining or re-entering the workforce. Um, they want to map those to what's available and what's possible within the communities they're servicing in terms of jobs. Um, that's what they're there for. They're not there to make sure they've got 
you know, everybody through the right exam, mm -hmm. uh, whatever that might be. Um, they're there to help people progress to the next thing. Yeah. Um, and quite for most people, that would mean some sort of sustainable work with career prospects. Wonderful. Great. Well, thank you very much. That's been fascinating. Uh, so thank you for your time. Thanks for coming in to say hello. Um, so we'll just say au revoir to our listeners, shall we? Yeah. Um, do you want to... Oh, no, I think you go first. You go first. It's to Jack and Ollie, isn't it? So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been Jack. I've been Ollie. And, and that that's is the Early, early Careers Podcast. Podcast. See you later. Bye. <laughs> for all things early career recruitment, the strategies to help you succeed, We'll help you work with Generation Z With all the information that you'll need It's the Jack and Ollie Show